0: Hi everyone, this is Damian Abernathy. Welcome to Forgotten History of Pacific Asia War Podcast. We focus on short but sweet untold wartime stories in Pacific Asia War and update every Monday and Friday. This is our 69th episode. Today we will talk about the underground Philippines resistance. If you like our show, please go to our anchor page and support us. The Imperial Japanese forces attacked Pearl Harbor and the Philippine Islands simultaneously. This planned attack on these two specific areas was a strategic attack that meant American control in the Pacific and expand Japan's territory. Following the surrender of the Allies at the Battle of Corregidor, all radio connections and communications ceased as the Japanese military invaded the Philippine Islands. Despite the lack of communication, some American and Filipino soldiers were able to evade the Japanese and go into hiding. One of those soldiers who was able to escape was Ramon Magsaysay Sr. who would become a prominent leader in the Western Luzon guerrilla force. The Western Luzon guerrilla force was not the only resistance group to form. Alongside it, several bands of resistance fighters sprouted up throughout the Philippine landscape. What set these various groups apart were their ideas on how to take back their island. A big hindrance within these groups was that many were also politically motivated. Some groups were politically motivated in that they had differing views on agendas and a nationalistic goal. The Hekbalahap guerrilla was one of the more commonly known resistance groups that had a political agenda. The Hekbalahap, known as Huk, was comprised of Filipino citizens from all backgrounds. Members included peasant farmers, workers' union, Communist Party members, and both rural and urban laborers. The Huk were seen as highly successful in that they eliminated many Japanese soldiers. Furthermore, the Huk saw rich Filipinos who collaborated with the Japanese as being targets as well. The killing of rich Filipino collaborators enabled the Huk to capture estates. Within these estates, they created their own government, taxes, and laws. In 1954, the Hibalahap would end with the presidential election of Ramon Magsaysay Sr. and overwhelming pressure to stomp out communist groups. The main catalyst for the Filipino resistance was the mistreatment of POWs and Filipino citizens at the hands of the Japanese forces. Filipino citizens had heard stories such as the rape of Nanking in China, and of the atrocities committed in other occupied territories such as Korea. Sadly, Filipino citizens were subjected to beatings, rape, starvation, and many other atrocities. The atrocities committed and the destruction of their homeland empowered many Filipino-Filipinas to commit to the resistance and take back their land. The Japanese forces had noted during the Bataan Death March, alarming amount of sentiment for the Allied forces among the Filipino people. In order to combat any form of resistance, Japanese soldiers would beat or kill any Filipino citizen who sympathized with Allied forces or who questioned the occupation of the Philippines by the Japanese. A tactic the Japanese employed was the use of propaganda in the form of leaflets and films. Through films such as Dawn for Freedom 1944, The Japanese had hoped to squash any ties between the Filipino people and Western ideology and cement their hold on the country and its people. There were many resistance groups such as the Hunters ROTC, Markings Guerrillas, the ITAS, and the Yusufip Lane which stands for United States Army in the Philippines of Northern Luzon. The Hunters ROTC was comprised of former cadets from the Philippine Military Academy. Wanting to fight, the former cadets trained other resistance fighters as saboteurs, running phone lines, Radio connections, eliminating pro-Japanese Filipinos and spies, and conducting small hit-and-run raids. The Markings Guerrillas were mainly centered in East Manila and under the command of Colonel Marcos V. Augustine. In contrast to the Hunters ROTC, the Markings Guerrillas was comprised of older citizens and soldiers. The Markings Guerrillas are known for the taking of the IPO Dam. Yusufib NL differed from the other two guerrilla forces in that the Yusufib NL was comprised of American, Filipino, and guerrilla soldiers. The Yusufib NL was commanded by General Russell W. Volkman and a military force that was more than 8,000 infantrymen. The IDAs were an indigenous guerrilla unit that served in northern and central Luzon. The IDA were a considerable asset to the underground resistance due to their superior tracking skills and understanding of the Luzon province. The Ida would hide and protect American soldiers in the mountain caves and when food supply ran dry, they would grow tubers, sweet potatoes and yam, and rice to feed their units. In closing, minority groups such as the Ida's and the Igor's contribution to the resistance would enable the American guerrilla troops to cut off the supply line for the Japanese and enabling recruit for the Philippine resistance. If you are interested in learning more about this topic, we have some references listed in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us in our 69th episode. We update every Monday and Friday. If you like our show, remember to check back on Friday, subscribe to us, and donate to us on Anchor. This is Damian Abernathy, see you in the next episode.